Well, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit tonight. And just to get the elephant in the room out front, this is not a pink shirt. This is a coral shirt. All right? Just so we should get that straight just as we begin, just so that we're on the, on the right. Think coral. That's right. Absolutely. You know, the fruit of the Spirit means that who we are on stage should be who we are like in person. And so you've got to have a lot of sympathy for my wife Gillian right now, don't you? Because how I am here is just like I am at home. And so uh, I think we should show her appreciation tonight. We'll show our appreciation to her. That'd be awesome. In my defence, I'd just like to say that I think there should be fun on the journey. I really do. So I trust I've got a few little things up my sleeve for you tonight. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit as we start a new series, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit and we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, I just want to read the scripture from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is a a Granny Smith apple, and if you were here this morning, I promised you that I would tell you the story of the Granny Smith apple tonight. And uh, the Granny Smith apple comes from Australia. Have we any Australians in our midst tonight? No one's brave enough? Yes, good things come from Australia, don't they, Shannon? Amen. The Granny Smith apple came from Australia. And Mrs. Smith, she was living in England, and she and her family in roughly about 1880. 1860, I think, came from, as many immigrants did, from England to Australia to start a new life. And uh, she was given some crab apples, I understand, and she was asked to make a delicious pie. And uh, she was peeling these crab apples and threw them out the window. And on her compost heap, as legend goes, the seedling grew. And it fascinated her, so she potted it up and watched it. And no one wanted to have much to do with it because when it fruited, it produced green apples and no one used to eat green apples back in the day. But it became one of Australia's largest exports of apples. Um, She got her first crop in 1865, just a couple of years before she died. In 1885, they started the Granny Smith Festival, which has continued every year since then. And 10,000s of people, Shannon, 10,000s of people, Australians, go, and they share Granny Smith apples together, and it's a beautiful thing. So there we are. And as I said this morning, you don't know how many seeds, you you know how many seeds there are in an apple, but you don't know how many apple trees there are in a seed. And as we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, often when I think we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we can think about how's it going to impact my life? You know, how's it going to help me to live life and life in all of its fullness? And certainly we'll do that, but understand that our lives, my life, your life, are are to be full of the fruit of the Spirit that others might come to faith in Jesus that they might see God's love alive and, well, alive and well in their world through us, and they might embrace God's love for them. And so the humble Granny Smith reminds us of all of these things. Jesse said to me before, he's been baptized tonight, that's cool. He said, have you eaten that Granny Smith yet? I said, no, Jesse, it needs just one more show, and then Gillian and I, we're going to eat it tonight. It'll be a beautiful thing. Fantastic. You know, when the master gardener looks at the fruit of the Spirit, 
God himself is looking for harvest. And so as we think about the fruit of the Spirit tonight, let us look with those kind of lens. And uh, this next scripture that Jesus read from Isaiah chapter 61, when he unraveled the scroll in Luke chapter 4, these are some of the things that we will be able to do as Jesus did when our lives radiate the fruit of the Spirit. And it'll be on the screen there for you, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Friends, when the fruit of the Spirit's at work in your life and my life, we're going to be good news to the poor. Jesus went on and he said, he has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released and that the blind will see. When my life and your life is full of goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control, then we're going to be able to do that. We're going to be able to bring healing and restoration to people's lives. Jesus said that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And friends, that will be true for you and it will be true for me. You know, when we are created in God's image and and Adam and Eve before the fall, they perfectly reflected what humanity should look like. And when you and I, when our lives are full of the fruit of the Spirit, we become something of what God intended humanity to be. So I'm an orchardist, as some of you might have gathered, or perhaps some of you didn't know, but I am an orchardist. I'm a redeemed orchardist, but an orchardist nevertheless. I love growing anything that you can eat. If it's beautiful, that's a bonus, but if you can eat it, that's just wonderful. That's just how I roll. So that's what I enjoy doing. So I bought a few props with me tonight. Um, This doesn't really have any redeeming features apart from the fact that it's fun. But this is one of my favorite things on the orchard now. This This is just a beautiful thing. Health and safety warning. There is no chain on this. Pastor Sheridan said I had to take it off, which I was a little bit sad about. But this is my... Battery-powered chainsaw. Wonderful thing for those, for those pruning jobs. So uh, I'm not quite sure how that will come into the message, but I'm sure we'll find places for that as we go along. I say it's there because it's good fun. The first thing is that you have to be purposed to be fruitful. You have to be purposed to be fruitful. On the orchard, you have to be purposed in everything that you do and the, and the different seasons that you have so that the, the crop will come in. And I, I shared this morning about, you know, it determines the way in which you live your life. And I really felt prophetically that God was saying to us tonight, be purposed in every season. You can't always determine. Well, you can't determine the season of life you're in. It's just the season, right? But be purposed in the season of life that you're in. It's so important. And I wanted to illustrate that um, with a story, if we can have the, the next slide. Oh, I'm a bit out of focus. When Jill and I, a couple of years after we were married, we really felt that God was calling us to be involved in, in missions. We thought we could use my horticultural skills and Jillian's medical skills, and we were going to go to China or Chile, and we were going to, to um, put those skills to practice and see people one for Christ. And through a set of circumstances, my dad's third heart attack, I think, and second stroke, I came home to look after the family business. And I thought I'd be there for six months and ended up being there for six years, which wasn't plan A, B, or C. I think it was probably E or D or F or further down the track. And in the, in the midst of this, I really felt the Holy Spirit challenging me and saying, Michael, be the best you can be in the season that you're in. And so I decided to go in for the Rights and Young Orchardists of the Year competition, a little bit like Skiller Up. I don't think we have Skiller Up Young Farmer of the Year anymore, do we? It's called something else now, probably. 
But first prize was a new ute and a trip for two to the UK, so couldn't be all that bad. So I started training. I spent six months training, and uh, Gillian will remember, I, I tore up our backyard, I put on these big strainer posts, and I practiced wire tying every night to harden up my hands and be able to crank the knots over so that they were smooth. Managed to get through the, the regional final, and then got to the national final and came second and won this orchard sprayer, which came wrapped in shrink wrap. And um, we never used it because we didn't need it on the orchard, so we sold it, and that paid for our airfares to go to Europe, which was a little bit later on. So thank you, Jesus. But the reason for telling the story is I had to learn in that season of my life, I was ready for the next season. But God, what about... What about leading people to Christ? What about preaching? What about going to missions in Chile or China? What about leading churches? And God was saying, I want you to serve me in the season that you're in, and I want you to be the very best that you can be. So friends, for you tonight, what season are you in, and what does it look like for you to be the very best that you can be in that season? What does it look like for the fruit of the Spirit? Love, Joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, humility, gentleness, self-control. What does it look like for those to be manifest in your life in this season? That was the first thought I wanted to leave you with. The second thought tonight is that fruit trees produce according to their kind. The Granny Smith is the last apple that we've got to pick on our little orchard. And uh, wouldn't I be disappointed? Shannon, wouldn't I be disappointed? This wonderful Australian Granny Smith here. It's probably been, you know, naturalised now. It's been in the country for a while. But wouldn't I be disappointed if I was going to pick this wonderful Granny Smith and I picked something that was insipid and tasteless? Wouldn't that be a disappointment if I'd spent years nurturing this and it turned out to be something else? And friends, for you and I, we too are created in God's image. The next scriptures that I put up on the screen, they talk about the creation mandate, that we're created in God's image. We're created to be loving and kind and full of goodness. We're called to reflect the fruit of the Spirit because that's what God is like. And people know what God is like in terms of our interactions with people. And so we read in these next scriptures in Genesis 1, 26 and 28. God said, let us make man in our own image to be like us. And they will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and govern it, and reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You and I are to represent God. The fruit of the Spirit is God's character reflected through us so that others might come to know God as we've known God, might encounter Jesus as we've encountered Jesus. And there was a story that just captivated me recently. And uh, I don't know what this next slide will be like. It might be out of focus as well. Um, But I don't know whether you saw this story on News Hub about a West Auckland dad, um, Zafar Gondal, and uh, he's got an autistic son called Dime. And uh, Dime is, is deaf and he's blind. And sometimes he has um, damaged windows, not because he's being um, malicious or whatever, but just because, you know, getting around. And so it's not a safe place for caregivers to look after him. And Dime's dad, Safar, has been trying to get help to get the windows, to get the glass replaced with safety glass for two years. 
And this was something that just caught people's imagination. Upon hearing the story, kind-hearted Kiwis banded together to take action. There was one firm that worked on the wooden joinery. There was another firm from Hara that flew from Taranaki to Auckland to sort out the aluminium frames. Another provided the glass. The next-door neighbour, who was a chef, Nihat, provided lunch for all the workers. There was another person who was a motivational speaker who decided to crowdsource $11,000 to cover the funding of this work, but found that everyone had done it for free, so just gifted the money to the family. How does that make you feel? Capture that, because that's what God wants us to do every day with the fruit of the Spirit. When we see things like that, it touches, it touches something in our humanity, doesn't it? We think, this is how we are created to live. This is what planet Earth should be like, with people looking out for one another and caring for one another and supporting one another. And this is what God intends our lives to be like as they radiate the fruit of the Spirit. We can't do it by human effort. This is a work of the Spirit through redeemed lives as the Spirit of God working within us, that we can bring the light of Christ into people's world, just as these people brought something of the light of humanity, what God intended human beings to be like, and brought it into this family, and it changed them forever. So how can we ensure that fruit trees remain, remain fruitful? I, I had this kind of prophetic thought as I was preparing this message, and it was, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I believe people should be able to come and taste my life, taste your life, and see something of the goodness and the faithfulness and the love of God in our interactions with people. I'm challenged. Can people taste and see that God is good when they encounter me? Can people taste and see that God is good when they encounter you? I wanted to leave you with some thoughts from the orchard about how we can actually produce fruit on an ongoing basis. The first thought is that what is unseen is as important as what is seen. You know, often in the orchard, we're looking at the canopy, we're looking at what's above ground, but actually, there's as much below ground as there is above ground. And that's true in your lives. You know, we can fake it until we make it on a Sunday, right? Although it's getting later in the day, it might be getting a bit harder. It might be a bit harder at six than it was at 10. I'm not sure. But what's it like underneath? What's happening? Hope, disappointment. How are we dealing with those things that are going on in our lives? How are you processing the unexpected trauma in your life? You know, we need to have regular nutrition to stay healthy. In the orchard, it's no good just kind of pouring on the fertilizer for, you know, for a year and that's it. But we need to re regularly be feeding the trees. We, in our, if we're going to produce fruit, we need to be regularly fed. What's our devotional life like? I often say to people, look, it's better to read one verse and think about it than read a whole chapter and not think about it. So what does that look like? There aren't many of us who pray for a whole hour, right? But there shouldn't be an hour that goes by when we don't pray for a moment in the midst of that hour. We're coming together like we are today to encourage one another, to celebrate, to cheer one another on. Who have we got in our lives who can encourage us when we just get blindsided by those things of life that we weren't expecting? Who are people that we've got relationship with that we don't have to explain the backstory to, but can just be there to support and encourage us? And who can we be there for others to support and encourage? All things that are happening beneath the surface, but so important. 
Fruit trees can get into what we call biennial bearing, where they bear crop, heavy crop one year and little the next. I said this morning that mandarins are the worst for that. I looked at our mandarin tree today and it's only got about two mandarins. I'd be tempted to show it the axe and say, mandarin, be productive or you'll be making room for something that can do a better job. But that's just the way that mandarins are. But most fruit trees aren't like that. And what you need to do is in the on season, you actually need to take off some of that fruit, lighten the load, because it's actually when they're fruiting in the on season that they're initiating the fruit buds for 12 months' time. So in our lives, what does that look like for us to be regular in our spiritual fruit? Are there areas where we're carrying too heavy a load? I think one of the lies that we've been told is that life has to be perfectly balanced, and life isn't perfectly balanced. I think that's an Eastern mysticism kind of thought rather than a Christian worldview. There are seasons in our lives, and there are seasons of busyness. The problem is when every season is a season of busyness, that's a problem. But what does it look like for us to be able to know what's the important thing to do in this season? And for some of us tonight, we're too busy, and I believe, Holy Spirit, if you would reach out, what is one thing that you can do in your current season? But it's what's one thing that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing in this season to lighten your load, that you might be more fruitful for the sake of the kingdom? What's one thing that I can do um, that I shouldn't be doing, that I can be more fruitful for the kingdom? So we need to understand what it is to be regular in the way in which we produce our fruit. Putting the big rocks in place is so important. Pruning will sustain fruitfulness. Oh, yes, you knew it was going to get used again sometime, didn't you? Goes much better with the blade, incidentally, but never mind. You know, on the orchard, it's much better to make one or two strategic cuts than to make hundreds of little cuts. I want to encourage you in, in your life and my life, what are those one or two things that Holy Spirit is really talking to you about? And you'll know because they'll be right there. You won't have to drag them up from the past. If they're there, you'll know that they're there. Intuitively, you'll know they're there. And if they're there and you take faith, God's grace is there to help you. And it's not a quick fix, it's a process. But what are those things that God's wanting to prune in your life and my life that we might be more productive? You'll know John 15, 1-4 perhaps. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit and prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So what does that look like for you? To allow God to do that work of pruning in your life and my life. And the last thought that I wanted to leave you with tonight is the whole area of disease and pest control. And the best thing that you can do for a fruit tree is to keep it healthy. That's the best defense that it has. We can monitor the mite populations. We do that on the orchard. We monitor the predator mites, make sure there are more of the goodies than more of the baddies. We can put pheromone traps in the orchard to see what's happening with coddling moth and all of that. But the best defense in the orchard is a healthy tree. So what does it look like for you to be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically healthy? And of those is the one of those that resonates. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about one of those? Mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. You can't deal with more than one at a time. 
So what is something that God's talking to you about? You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is to have a good night's sleep. I remember a very wise man of God said to me once when I'd go away for two or three days of prayer and fasting, he'd say, Michael, the best thing that you can do is just to have a good sleep. And so I'd do that. I'd go away and I'd lie down and I'd sleep for a couple of hours and then take it from there. And for some of you, that's what you need to do, is just to have a good rest. Maybe for some of you, there's unprocessed grief or guilt or anger. Maybe for some of you, God's speaking to you about physical exercise. My wife's always talking to me about physical exercise. And sometimes Gillian and God, I get them a bit confused. You know, they're pretty close. But what does that look like for you? You know, takeaways should be an occasional, apparently. Not every day. Did you know that? Not once a week. Aaron's feeling conviction. I'm not sure if it's the conviction of Michael or the conviction of something else. You'll have to work that out. But, you know, what we feed our bodies is incredibly important. Uh, my wife Gillian's a medical doctor, and there's amazing research about how gut health affects people mentally and emotionally. They're connected. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that look like for you? Spiritually, you're inviting God to be part of each, each, each your day, each day, being on that journey with you. You know, as we respond in these areas with faith, God's grace is there to meet us in that process. The big idea that I wanted to leave you with tonight is that the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to be talking about those in the coming weeks, is not just for you and me. It's not that we might just live life and life in all of its fullness, and I believe God wants us to do that, but it's that the world might see the love of God, the character of God, the nature of God, through you and me. That it wouldn't just be a one-off thing on News Hub, as wonderful as that story was, but it would be an everyday occurrence as people go out of their way to bring something of God's gentleness, you know, something of God's love, something of God's patience into people's world. More of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives displays a greater harvest for the kingdom of God.